0: Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a fantastic guest. Um, I was on his show not too long ago, and we had a very good conversation. So tonight I am welcoming to the show Mr. Kyle, aka Schiff, from the Sunday Night Secret Society pod and Holistic Roots. How are you, my dearest?
1: I am doing super well. Super blessed to be here. More. I am
0: I couldn't be happier that we're going to have this another discussion uh because you were nice enough to share something with me that uh definitely needs to be talked about and I will tell you the listeners are quite enjoying the episodes about addiction. So, <clears throat> Before we get into the story, um, I want you to tell people a little bit about you and like why you decided uh, to start not one but two shows, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 where you are in life. What's going on?
1: Yeah, so my name's Kyle um, again, aka Chef. Um, I'm not a professional chef. That is, I do cook for a living. Um, I didn't go to school for Something that I've been passionate about my entire life. Um, while most, while most uh, young lads uh, like myself are watching MTV and whatnot, I was watching the cooking channel. And uh, <laughs> amen you know, for that. <laughs> little little Emer <laughs> Emerald Lagasse, you know some uh, uh, Tyler Florence, all those, all those, all those cats. Rachel Ray. Um, So, yeah, I cook. I cook. I love cooking. It inspires me um, to just keep trying new things. I I try to be, you know, super creative. Um, Yeah, and uh, right now I'm 33 years old. Um, I live down in Southern California um, where it's been super hot. (laughs) the weather's been fluctuating man i'm so ready
0: up and down down. like a (laughs) yo-yo
1: up and down like a yo-yo it was uh, a couple weeks ago you know we're getting out of summer it was kind of hot and it dipped back down again it was super nice and then this week it spiked back up Uh, but yeah i have a family Um, my fiance's name is ashley i have two beautiful daughters an eight-year-old and an almost two-year-old i'm a, a big animal lover so, I have, um, <laughs> we so definitely safe.
0: have that in common.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got a little, we got a, what now, um, four, four cats. We had, we had five. Unfortunately, um, the newest edition, her, her surgery did not go well yesterday.
0: Oh, that's, sad. yeah.
1: So it, uh, she ended up surviving the surgery, but then she kind of collapsed afterwards. They gave her CPR. She came back and passed away. So, Anyhow, you know, it's it sucks, but you know, we gave her a good, uh, a good two or three weeks of life where we had her as she was a kitten. I got two dogs, I love lizards, reptiles of you know, <laughs> of all, all, all sorts. I of don't course.
0: mind lizards, we have a lot of lizards here.
1: Like, do you have like pet lizards or just in your New, area? No,
0: just like all over the property. Yeah, it's like uh, the lizard house, the last two places we've lived at. uh they frequent often and and uh different kinds of salamanders as well. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't
1: think we have any salamanders down here um in southern California to my knowledge at least but um yeah, unfortunately with the reptiles as much as I love them, I do again have four cats so. <laughs> Um, we, and they we,
0: like to play with them
1: <laughs> we they do and we we learned the hard way i had a i had a leopard gecko named uh, ziggy and my cats end up clawing through the top of the the cage and one little baby scratch on his tail like literally a, a baby scratch and with cats they're when you get a scratch or a bite to like a bird or an animal they're more than likely going to die within 24 hours and that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what happened. So we got to keep the reptiles out of the house for now, which is okay. We we got a pretty big we have a small house but a big family living in here so <laughs> one day in the future.
0: Right? That's a him and I had that discussion on his show that that is my dream thing is to own a farm so I can have tons of different animals because I love animals but on the on the topic of the lizards and cats loving lizards um I don't know if I told you this story or not but a while back um one of the uh it's a blue-tailed skink lizard got in the house um came through a little crack in the door I didn't know it was in the house I was outside doing stuff I came inside and I'm like what is that black thing on the floor? And I thought the cats are always tearing something up or, you know, playing with things they shouldn't or whatever. And I'm like, what is that? And I go over and I'm like, oh, it's a lizard. Hmm. All right. And so I'm like, so he was still alive. So I'm scooping him up in my hand so I can take him back outside. And I went to walk around the corner and the tail was around the corner. And there, for people that don't know, Blue-tailed skinks are called that because their tail is exceptionally blue, really bright blue. And the tail comes off as a means of defense. Um, and so the tail was around the corner from the kitchen and it was still flopping around on the floor.
2: <laughs>
0: oh. So I had, I had to pick that up and put it in the trash. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry, cats, but I took your toy away.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that. I that think that's always weirded me out too as a kid. I've I've seen um, multiple lizard tails. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I think if they if it like they get bit, it'll come off. But they can also detach it themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it wiggles. Obviously, it can scoot out of the way, and then the the prey is focused on the wiggling thing on the floor so mm-hmm.
0: yep they they were not interested in the tale whatsoever it was just uh, more so for the poor lizard himself <laughs> so that um way. what made you start uh your podcast was yeah, there so- a specific like thing that happened
1: it's There wasn't necessarily something that actually happened. Um, I enjoyed listening to to podcasts. Um, it wasn't actually up until a couple of years ago that I started getting into uh kind of the more conspiracy truther type mm-hmm. podcasts. I was actually a big fan of like crime shows. So I listened to a lot of crime. I junkie. love
0: crime stuff. Yep.
1: Uh, S-Town was a great one. And I just really, it's just, it's something I really enjoyed. And Um, I got hooked on it, I don't know, maybe about like 10 years ago, Um, and then I ended up meeting a gentleman, um, Bo Diggles, who runs the, excuse me, the anti-slave podcast, and um, I hopped on his Discord, and we all started shooting the shit and having a good time, and I was like, this would be really cool for all of us in this Discord to get together maybe once a week and just chat,
2: Mm -hmm. and this
1: idea was not necessarily me having a show, this was just I thought it would be a good idea and then, right yeah. for
0: live conversation on the yeah, Discord yeah. channel. And right. that was it.
1: That was it. And then um, we ended up doing one show, and I was asked to, to co host it. And then um, after a while, he kind of went back to his show, and and yeah, I kind of took over took over Sunday night. But I why why I really like doing what I do it what, what I'm doing is because I really like talking to people. Like I love talking to people. I love mm-hmm. I love conversation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not set in my ways on really anything for the most part. I'm, I'm kind of, um, I'm always, I'm open. I'm like a sponge, so I'm open to hear different people's perspectives on, right. on whether that be, you know, politics, lizard people, whether the earth is flat or round, like all, <laughs> all that fun stuff, you know? So um, yeah, it, it's just been fun. And, and for me, it's been more of like a, uh, I I don't want to say, I guess th- therapeutic, I would say it's th- very therapeutic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't have like a whole lot of friends in the outside world. I go to work, I come home, I have my family and that's about it. So, mm-hmm. um, now I have a lot of friends and, right. um, <laughs> and it's, it's awesome. You know, and a I lot like, of
0: stalkers. No, yeah, Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, sometimes that <laughs> happens. Sometimes that happens, but yeah, it's, it's, just, you know, it's a lot of fun and I feel like it's important to get these words out and, and mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of similar podcasts out there and that's okay with me because sometimes it takes the right person and the right conversation for you to hear for it to actually sink in or click or at least
0: absolutely open up a
1: new perspective for that for you so mm-hmm. you know hopefully i've reached out to a couple people and 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 you know whether it be myself or usually more than likely the guests that i have on you know I, I kind of just sit there and ask questions and put my opinion in every every once in a while but um it at the end of the day, if one person out of out of the what 50, 60 episodes that I've done, if one person has gained anything from that, then in my You're opinion, doing it's, your job. it's a win. It's a win. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the way I am too. And it doesn't matter if I have five listeners or five hundred thousand listeners, um, because it's just that one person that you can touch that that changes things and it causes that ripple effect. <clears throat> So I love that. Now, how did you, how did you start, uh, Holistic Roots?
1: Yeah. So Holistic Roots actually, uh, I think it was a converse. I think I had a company and my fiance had a couple of beers and, um, it, it, I believe it was a lot of it was her idea. And we were just thinking like with all this chaos going on and
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, let, I'll backtrack real quick. We ended up doing a a six-part or a five-part series on Pizzagate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was pretty in-depth. And it was one of those things where I got super excited to sit down and record a show, and I would kind of forget what we're talking about, like the subject <laughs> of the matter, right? And I'm like, oh, God, this is, like, not good. And, yeah, so anyhow, her and I were talking, and I was like, you know, we should do something that's completely different than... Not completely different but not like conspiratorial related not politically you know mm-hmm. related, none of that and and just trying to figure out how can we be better versions of ourselves right so a lot of the stuff that we talk about we were not practicing prior to that show
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so we you know we talk about uh, uh you know parasitic cleanses um something as simple as growing a garden and how mm-hmm. to be self-sufficient without relying on on big box stores Mm-hmm. And whatnot, um, staying away from the dyes. So we talk about the stuff. We do our research, kind of talk about the stuff, and then we implement it the best we can in our in our own lives. So, right. Um, now, my my fiance is actually not really a part of that one at the moment, as we are homeschooling, and she realized like it's a lot for her to commit to hop on every show. So now it's um, right now it's myself and Hank from the six four three podcast, and yeah, we have a blast doing it, and it's kind of a breath of fresh air. So. Yeah, it, it's I been, think that's it's fantastic,
0: fun. though, the something where you can kind of keep each other accountable
1: mm-hmm.
0: and check in and see, like, you know, how's your progress doing? So I think that's a fantastic idea because I think everybody needs something like that. And I will tell you, <clears throat> being that you are a chef um, and that you love food as much as I do and I love to cook and I love to create things. That's one of my many creative outlets. Um, Spices and herbs are so important and not just for cooking, but for health in general. And there's so many things that you can do with those where you can add certain things to your diet like that, where you don't have to spend tons of money on supplements and stuff. You can incorporate it in other ways into your cuisine.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, again, I I don't know if I mentioned this when uh, you were on last week, but if shit does hit the fan, right? If Mm -hmm. and when it hits a fan, having like spices and herbs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, they're very important for not only like medicinal reasons in my opinion, but also- you know, if we, we got a ton of, they're not the healthiest, but if something were to go down, we have a lot of cup of noodles. We have a lot of like ramen,
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: a lot of canned goods, dried goods. Right. And if you're just boiling some like pinto beans up and you're eating that for a couple of days, cause that's all you have. If you have some spices and herbs. It's going to make have. it better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> better. Gonna you're not going to get morale. bored as quick. <laughs> yeah. And
1: it's going to, it's going to boost your morale. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at some of these, uh, uh like survivor shows where these people are dropped off in the middle of nowhere for months and months and months and you see their their mental health start to de- deteriorate mm-hmm. and then they catch themselves a grouse mm-hmm. and they found some herbs like they get you just see it you can almost feel it they're they're they're, they're pumped up their morale goes up and right. they're ready to fight another day so um yeah and it's fun you know cooking's just a blast it's a good time Agreed. I like cooking because I like not only the creative aspect, but food makes people happy.
2: Mm-hmm. Good food
1: makes people happy. and Definitely. I like to make people happy. So if I can create something that puts a smile on someone's face or, you know, just brightens their day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, that, that's kind of what, in my opinion, that's what it's all about.
0: I am 100% a food snob. And I can say that. <laughs> because very rarely do we ever go out because I cook so much here. But if we do, I'm like, oh, this is overcooked or undercooked or not seasoned properly, or it needs this or that. <laughs> my, my husband's like, so I'm guessing you didn't like it then. And I'm like, No, <laughs> it was very bland, very boring.
1: <laughs> I, I'm I'm honestly my toughest critic. Um mm-hmm. What did I make the other day at work? Uh, I think I made uh, for the kitchen, like a little family meal. I think I did. Oh, uh, uh, what was it? I forgot exactly what it was, but everyone was like, that's, that was delicious. And, and I'm like, I, it wasn't not for me. Like mm-hmm. I, it could have been a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. God, now it's going to. Eggs benedict. I was going
0: to say, you're going to think of it in the middle of the night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was eggs benedict and everything was good. The, the English muffin was nice and toasted. The poached egg was beautiful. The Canadian bacon was great. And uh, my hollandaise sauce wasn't having it.
0: You didn't That's like more. it, huh?
1: No, I added, <laughs> I love hollandaise sauce. I just didn't like that batch that I had made. Well, and, uh,
0: obviously they did, and they were happy with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they liked it. For me, it was just like ah, I didn't measure the lemon out. You a lot of the times I like eyeball things, and sometimes it's. Beneficial. I do not.
0: I do not measure anything when I cook, ever. Mm-mm.
1: See, and that's good. That's that's good because I think it's like a, it's like your 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 cooking intuition, right? You just kind of know like a little mm-hmm. bit of this, a little bit of that.
2: Um, mm-hmm. One thing
1: I've learned the hard way um, is salt right? You can always, always, Um, always add more salt, but for the most part, you can't take it out of a dish. If you make a
0: soup
1: soup or a stew or whatever you're making, you add too much salt. There's things that you can kind of do to combat it a little bit, maybe something like vinegar, maybe some hot sauce, maybe Mm -hmm. sugar, sugar will also, but depending on the dish, you don't want to put sugar on a nice savory dish.
0: Right. But anyhow,
1: (laughs) yeah, I've destroyed, I've destroyed many meals and uh, meals that were so far gone that my, no, no lie. My dogs would not even eat. So. <laughs> I'm a work in progress, Janet. I'm a work in progress.
0: <laughs> well, I can say our cats don't like people food at all. So I could not test anything on them, but yeah. So anyways, let us start with your um, beginning as far as uh, your heart murmur that you were born with. Talk to me about that because that is a very interesting part of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I didn't really realize until, cause I, I, they they found a heart murmur, I believe when I was like three or four years old. Um, all I remember is, is, after they discovered it i was you know i would be going to the doctor quite often they would hook all the i think it was an ekg they were doing they put all Mm -hmm. the little patches everywhere and right um, you know my 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 mom didn't seem too worried it it, i I think that the doctors reassured her that eventually that the hole in my heart would eventually close up and it would be fine Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i got into the military and it was weird because I made it pa- past Meps, and and everything was good there. So Meps, for those that don't know, that's the kind of like the medical processing. I mean, there's more to it, but there's a medical aspect to it where they're making right. sure that you're not flat-footed, making right. sure That you don't have asthma, diabetes,
0: over and cough.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Nope. We did a lot of we did a lot of that bending over and coughing, and how awkward. I mean, that was just you don't know any of these people everyone's stripping down to their boxers you're duck walking like 50 yards this way 50 yards back and then you get pulled into a room with a doctor and he's like yep spread them and cough it's like whoa dude and that's that was my introduction to the military Welcome. well
0: how do you do yeah
1: exactly can you you're gonna buy me a buy me a drink first nope i guess not we're getting straight to the meat and potatoes. Um, but yeah, so then I, you know, I was in the military for a while. Um, I ended up getting married Well, uh, the reason why I'm mentioning the, the marriage thing is because I was in my barracks, I was in a training facility and I kept getting these really sharp pains in my chest, like really sharp, but really quick. It was like, boom, boom. It mm-hmm. kind of bring me to my knees a little bit. And then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And I was on the phone with, um, the, the girl I was with, uh, my ex-wife, I guess you'd call it, um, or call her. And. She heard me gasp for air and she's like, What happened? Long story short, I told her I was having you know chest pains, and she's like, Well, you need to go to the doctor. I was like, Okay, I'll go tomorrow. And she goes, No, you're gonna no. go tonight.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm like, It's like 11 o'clock at night, I'm not going anywhere. She goes, You don't have to, then I'll I'll just call the ambulance and they can pick you up. So I was like, I don't want a big scene. So I went down, I told the uh I don't even know what they're called anymore, but the people that are in charge of the front office. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, down on the bottom floor of the barracks. And I ended up going in. They did a couple tests on me. And thank God this doctor found, noticed that I still had a murmur and it it hadn't gone away.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And if it wasn't for him finding that, my life would have gone a whole nother different route. You know, they they said that I think it was the right side of my heart would have enlarged and I probably would have died of a heart attack in my thirties mm-hmm. to forties. And here I am right now talking to you at 33 years old. So right. um, although the military did not work out for me um, and I made some poor decisions um, I'm still blessed that I have a successful, you know, heart surgery and um, hopefully I won't have to have another one for another couple of years.
0: So did you, <clears throat> so did you have like open heart surgery?
1: Yep. Yep. I had open heart surgery. It was actually on my, my 19th birthday, on my birthday, my 19th birthday, I woke up, took a shower, put like the iodine all over me, and I had my surgery. One of the cool things was, is that leading up to the surgery, I had a team that I was working with, in, in me- like my medical team, that was all, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, the guys that I met, I don't know the correct term, but he was a, I guess, a 50- A videographer or something. Mm -hmm. So he he took videos of surgeries. Right. So I woke up and I had a video of the majority of my surgery.
0: That that would be so cool. I would love that. It was,
1: but unfortunately, like none of my family or friends wanted to watch it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, please, it's so cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To me, it was, I got to find it too. Cause I don't know where it's at. It was on a DVD. I think my mom might have a copy, but yeah, they have me. Um, my last name is Richardson. Um, and kind of oddly enough, the clamp that they use to keep your chest open is, Richardson. They, your <laughs> is called a Richardson clamp. So that was <laughs> yep. kind of weird. But yeah, I got to see, I got to see, you know, they, they stopped my heart while they did, they sutured something up. So I got to see myself flatline, which is kind of weird. Mm hmm. Um, no, I did not have any crazy stories, and believe me, I wish I did. I wish I had like that crazy moment where I drifted off and wherever, you know. I, I wish I would a- was able to remember that, but nothing like that happened. Um, I got out of my surgery; everything was cool, and then my my lung collapsed. Oh shoot! And that was probably the most painful. I think the most pain. Maybe another another time, but the most pain I've ever felt in my life. And um, my lung collapse, it was extremely painful. Mm-hmm. I'm yelling and screaming and cussing, and I'm on the I'm on the morphine and whatever drip they got me going on. And they had me sit up, put my chest up against like a board, mm-hmm. and the doctor had a needle like this big, and he was about to stick it in my back to inflate my lung, and mm-hmm. I painted so bad. Right. My lung inflated back. Mm -hmm. it inflated on its own because you went (gasps) I was freaking out and so that needle was that close to going into my back and I am so thankful that I Mm -hmm. panicked myself that much to where my to where my um my lung inflated Mm -hmm. um and I guess that's kind of the beginning not the beginning to the end but uh, my military career because prior to that prior to me going into the military I had um I messed around with a lot of opiates Mm -hmm. um Percocet Norco Vicodin uh what was the other one anyhow all that stuff Laura tab anything that had opiates in it that was my jam and so going into the military this is like my this is my chance you know this is my chance I got clean um I was probably clean I don't know a couple of months before I ended up going into into the Navy and everything was good. Everything was fine. And then I had my open heart surgery. I had six months off of work, off of, you know, uh, active duty. And then they were handing me the pills. And mm-hmm. so that's, that was, yeah, that was the beginning to the end right there. And then I went, I started spiraling right back down. I think one of the things that I messed up on is that uh, I had a choice of where I wanted my open heart surgery to be, either in San Diego the Balboa Medical Center or Mm -hmm. in Texas well I'm from Southern California I live an hour and a half away from San Diego so I was like well I'm gonna go to San Diego Mm -hmm. because then I, I can recover at my mom's house I don't have to be in like the barracks I'll have family I'll have help and so that's what I did and then you know I'm getting paid the entire time and you know the pain pills weren't doing what they were what they were supposed to do because I had already built up a tolerance. I was
0: going to say, yep, very and, large uh, tolerance that you get on opioids.
1: Yep. And it was, it was, it was bad. I, I mean, before I even had my surgery back when I was, you know, in high school and I was messing around, I, my like go-to was mm-hmm. And You're and lucky is, to
0: still be alive with the, having the heart issue.
1: Yep. No, I really am. My eyes, like my eyes are sunken in pretty much permanently. I lost after my surgery. I lost. I don't even know how I lost a lot of weight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so that's kind of like my eyes being sunk in. I mean, it's, it's a reminder to myself when I look at myself in the mirror and I look like a raccoon at times. Um, but just how bad it, how bad it was, you know, mm-hmm. not just the surgery, but also, you know, taking these medications and whatnot. But after, after taking Oxycontin for a few years, it was super potent and my, a little, a little Percocet they're giving me is nothing, you know, right. I would feel right. like six or seven of them bad boys back in. And so my tolerance kind of went down a little bit because for the while i was in the military I, I wasn't abusing any drugs or anything like that but um, after a couple of weeks of taking these the pain meds it, it wasn't doing anything for me and yeah and then and again i'm in my old my old neighborhood and and yeah that's kind of when it went downhill because the oxycontins they didn't they didn't have those anymore and mm-hmm. the new thing was heroin right and i remember i was terrified i didn't want to I, I was like heroin no way no way. And I started smoking it. I ended up doing it. You were
0: like, no way. Give me some of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, after, you know, not peer pressure, just bad decisions on my part, hanging around the wrong people, you know, the people I've shouldn't been hanging out with and I knew better. Uh, But yeah, I started, started smoking heroin and, and then eventually that doesn't really do much. And then you have, you know, the people like, man, if you just, you know, put it in a syringe, like I'm telling you. And it took me a long time to end up going down that route. And then I ended up going down that route and that was it. That was it. It it became a very serious problem from
0: that point forward. So a couple of questions. I want to go back first to when you were in high school and Mm -hmm. you started, you know, dabbling with opioids. What was going on in your personal life at the time that made you start that because there's always something mm-hmm. for people.
1: I think I think it was a it was a combination of a couple different things. Um, one of which my my home life was not the greatest. Uh, mm-hmm. My stepdad he was a prick. Um, he was mentally abusive, no, nothing physical, but just right. mentally abusive. Um, we, you know, we did all, we went camping and we went motorcycle riding and we did all this cool family stuff. But he was just a very, very, very miserable person to be around.
0: Kind of like um, my ex-husband.
1: I'm <laughs> telling you, Janet. I'm telling you. Um, my
0: ex-husband was a, was a uh, addict of multiple different things. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a very miserable person.
1: That's kind of, let me just flip this light on real, oops, real quick um the crazy thing was is that i don't know if it was just like he was narcissistic or what Mm -hmm. the deal was but there was always beer in the fridge but he wouldn't he wasn't like a he wasn't a drunk um Mm -hmm.
2: he, he
1: i don't think i think maybe you know, living with him up until I was like 17 years old, I think seven to 17. So for 10 years, I think i maybe seen him drunk like two or three times. Right. But he was just an asshole. You know, we would, me and my brother, uh, would get home from school. Um, he's my, he's my stepbrother. So we don't have the same mom or dad, but our parents were together, but we would, we would get home from school. We would do our chores as fast as possible. And then, when we heard the garage door opening up, it was kind of mm-hmm. loud, so it kinda shook the house. I mean, we would flip a coin. And if it was heads, he was gonna be an asshole. If it was tails, he was gonna be the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just the constant not knowing what to expect every day.
0: Walking on eggshells because you don't know eggshells. you don't know which part of their personality is going to come out.
1: Yep. And I, I don't know if it was, um, I'm pretty sure later on down the road, he ended up being diagnosed with bipolar, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I always thought it was work. You know, was it did you have a good day or a bad day at work?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was just miserable, man. It, he, was, he was just a miserable guy. There was one time where I was grounded. I was not allowed to go play. I don't know what I did, but I wasn't allowed to go play that day. And I got home and... He told me and my brother, you guys can go out and play, get home before your mom gets home. And I'm like, I'm grounded. I'm not allowed to go anywhere. He goes, you're good. Just get home before your mom gets home. So I got home before my mom got home and he turned around and told my mom that I am Snack supposed out to the house. and I left. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, that, and so it was like that t- type of stuff where I had no say.
0: Right. He was just setting you up for failure.
1: Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, that caused issues with me and my mom after a while, because I was like, mom, I'm telling you, I did not leave Mm -hmm. with, like, he told me I can go out and play, you know, I can go hang out with 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 the kids. And so it was that, it was that psychological bullshit. Right. I think. And so that, that, that's a lot of what I had to deal with. And then, you know, having a girlfriend and then the breakups. Mm hmm you know, because at the time, you know, I don't remember who my girlfriend was at the time, but that, that was like my, my saving grace. That was my, the person that I can talk to. That was your
0: safe place to go.
1: Exactly. So then when Mm -hmm. that, when that broke off, you know, of course I thought my world was going to end, literally thought my world was going to end. Right. I, I remember one time kind of a funny story. Um, my girlfriend, and I broke up. There was some crazy shit that happened and I remember I locked myself in the bathroom and I was just crying and crying and crying. And it got to the point where my mom couldn't get me out of the bathroom. She had to flick me a and my mom didn't condone drug use, mind you, but she flicked me a half of a Valium or a half of a Xanax just to get me out of the damn bathroom because I was losing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it was just that the reason why I say that is because it was like that emotionally lit, like, like it took a toll on me because I, now I don't have anybody, you know, I felt like right. I couldn't really trust my mom because she was going to side with my stepdad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. And then I started hanging out with the people I started hanging out with. And I remember, you know, I would smoke a little pot here and there, which I wish I just stuck to that. Um, but there's always more. And then it started, you know, smoking a little bit of pills here and there or snorting a little bit of the pills here and there. And then mm-hmm. I just felt peaceful. I felt,
0: that was so your good. safety thing. Yeah, and then
1: that became my, my new safety net. Right.
0: And yeah. So when um when you were doing the heroin and you decided that you were going to shoot up. Mm-hmm. Um what was your experience like after the first time that you used?
1: Wow. So Oddly enough, I, I, I'll i never forget this. Um, I got in a car accident prior. Oh, I forgot about that. I for, oh, yeah, this gets a little juicy. But anyhow, so I got in a car accident prior. I had, my, um, I had a rental car. And I went to go pick up at this local trailer park. And I went in. And I don't know what it was, but I was like, I'm going to do it. Today's going to be the day where I'm just going to do it. I'm going to shoot up for the first time so my buddy's buddy my buddy um, okay. his wife at the time did it for me and i remember just like, oh my goodness like this is amazing and uh, also it this is amazing was something going through my head but then another thing going through my head was you just like when i went as low as uh, super low because mm-hmm. i've always told myself i will never ever use a needle so mm-hmm. I felt that, like, you know, where I knew I fucked up. I knew, right? I made you, it, I
0: knew you went it. from like the highest of high, um, in a super quick manner, to the lowest depths that you could possibly go yep. inside your soul.
1: Yep, and yeah, that was that was it was a really weird feeling again because I felt so good, mm-hmm. my body felt so good, but mentally. I knew I had crossed a line
2: mm-hmm. that
1: I shouldn't have crossed. So after that kind of wore off, I go outside and I can't find my car. I'm like, where's my, not even my car, where's my rental car?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at this point, my mom and stepdad had already, they'd split. And my mom didn't have a whole lot of money. I was stealing money from my mom. Mm hmm. So she really didn't have a lot of money,
0: because heroin's an expensive habit.
1: It's very yeah, yeah <laughs> it was and, and it, 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 yeah it was a bad habit. It, it was mm-hmm. expensive too because at, well, the thing is it was cheap, it was cheap, but the amount that I needed was expensive if that makes sense.
0: right yeah it still
1: it adds up. it's still expensive. Mm-hmm. But now I don't have my car, can't find my car. I called my mom, found out my car got towed. I was not parked where I was supposed to be parked. Now my mom's having a scramble calling other family members to chip in money because the impound fee was like three or 400 bucks. And she literally didn't have any money like at all. Right. And then I, you know, and, and there was a lot of times like that where I just felt so, so bad. I felt so bad because I knew. Like, I'm just destroying my mom, you know, and, and her ex-husband split up. So she's going through it. You know, she's breaking mm-hmm. wine. I'd see her drink wine and just cry and cry and cry. And then she's got her son over here that's stealing from her, mm-hmm. getting high. And she knew it. You know, she knew I was getting high. But it gets to a point, like, what are you going to do, you know? Right. Um, and, yeah. I'm trying so, to, like, wrap.
0: So... Did they get the car out of the impound then?
1: Yeah, we got the car out of the impound, I think, uh, the next day. Or maybe it was that night. I think we rushed it because every they charge you, I think, based on the hours that it's in the impound lot. Mm -hmm. So the quicker, the better. We ended up getting that back. But the reason why I had a rental car was because I was traveling from Southern California, like the uh, Inland Empire area. Uh, UKIPA to be exact. And I was traveling every day to and from San Diego to go to go to my base to go check in. So at that time I had already had my open art surgery. I had already had my six months off. And now I'm in a place called the temporary placement unit. So I'm just waiting to get new orders. Right. I'm waiting to get shipped off somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere. So I would only have to show up for a couple hours and then I would come back home. Well I was on my way home from work, and I'm in my uh, little Mitsubishi Eclipse. And I kept falling asleep while I'm driving. It's like a four-lane freeway. Mm -hmm. I keep falling asleep, falling asleep. And this one time, I fell asleep. I don't even know how long I was sleeping for. And I woke up, and I looked to the right, and there's this big green van. And inside the van was uh, filled with a bunch of people. It was packed. And I remember looking at the driver, and I'm like, headed, I'm about to hit him. And I panicked and I cranked the wheel to the left. I go, "Er, er," and then I hit the, I hit the K rail and my car flips up in the air spinning. I don't know how many times I spun, but I landed on the opposite side of the freeway. I landed on, I landed uh, onto oncoming traffic. Oh boy. And my car, I landed upside down. If I had a passenger, my passenger would have been dead. Uh, Luckily it was just me. And it was at that moment. That i believed in a higher power it was that it was the, it was the moment where i was spinning in the air and i knew i was like you fucked up pal that was it mm-hmm. like this is it you're done this is it and i don't know if you remember but like the old the old ipod touches if you if when you're looking through your music you can actually look at just the albums and if you're looking at one of the albums you can spin it you can flick it and all your albums will just spin So Mm -hmm. I just saw all these pictures of my entire life, all these Mm -hmm. little memories, just split second. And I felt like there was like a a warmth around me, like a blanket, I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess a blanket. Right. And yeah, I walked out of that car accident with literally a cat scratch on, on my forehead. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's it. And that's when I should have got my shit together. So after that is when I had the rental car app and then that's when I shot up for the first time, and then my car got impounded and so that I forgot about that little backstory. but yeah, that changed my life
0: so where where did your life take you after you know you you started shooting up? like how much more shit? Did you have to go through before you were like, you know what? This is probably not good that I'm doing this.
1: You know, it was, uh, I mean, I, I would I, I would be doing good for a couple of days and then I would go right back to it. And when I say a couple of days, I'm literally talking like a couple of days. Like I'm not giving myself too much credit there. Um, but I actually had this new girl that I was dating. This is where I really blew it. Like it's like one of the many times that I really blew it. And I, I was dating this gal. My mom works for the San Bernardino Superior Court, so she's she's in the law system. She's not a cop, but she works in the courts. Mm-hmm. And this girl that I ended up meeting, it just so happened that her dad was the chief of police at the time. Mm-hmm. So they ended up, we ended up, you know, hanging out for a while. And one day, she's like, "Why don't I, you know, can I invite my parents over for a barbecue?" She's like, "Yeah, sure, of course." So while the chief of police is there, my mom, everyone's at the house, we're barbecuing and having a good time. I sneak off into the bathroom.
0: Oh boy. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I think I, um, I don't remember, I think I was heating it up on a spoon and it smells, it has a very distinctive smell. Right. And I'm trying to be super sly, super, you know, and I finished, finished my business off and I open the door thinking everyone's out back barbecuing and it's my girlfriend at the time and she fucking lost it dude lost it she could smell it and she like there was no denying it like i mean of course i denied it till i was blue in the face right and so yeah i got in a lot of trouble that day i Mm -hmm. ended up going a couple houses up to my buddy's house i was like get the fuck out get the fuck out so her and my girlfriend are literally grabbing all of my shit and throwing it on the front lawn
2: Hmm.
1: Everything on the front line, all mm-hmm. of my stuff. And yeah, and then I was on a scooter for like two or three days living on the streets until I found someone to stay with. And that was pretty bad too. So I, well, when I was on my little scooter and I'm like 20 years old, I think 19 or 20 at the time. So I have a car, you know, I could be driving um, and I'm on a scooter, like a bum, like a little, not even an electric scooter, just a old Razor scooter that I had back when I was like seven years old and I'm riding this around town. <laughs> and I'm running into people that I went to high school with, and I know I look like shit.
0: That are driving like Maseratis, and here you yep. are on your Razor scooter.
1: Trucks, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and, oh man. I love. I, I look back now, and that's why I really enjoy talking about it because, I'm hoping, you know, once you get once you get over this, and once you once mm-hmm. you get over there, there is a, there is you know light up at the end of the tunnel. And I'm happy, I'm happy that I'm able to laugh on this because a lot of my friends don't have that opportunity anymore. Right. Like a lot of my, like all of my friends don't have that opportunity anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyhow, so yeah, that, that was, um, I, I kept fucking up, man. I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And then my mom had like had enough and I ended up moving up to Northern California to my dad's house with literally nothing but the clothes on my back um got started getting clean there um i stopped associating because I, I didn't i knew more people in southern california than i did in northern california there was a couple people but i just stopped reaching out to them i started smoking um, a lot more weed we grew we grew a lot of marijuana up there so i started mm-hmm. smoking that when i was having you know um, urges and uh pretty cravings i guess you would say mm-hmm. And so I was up there for a couple of years and I I was doing really well. I got my stuff together and um, I ended up moving back down here to Southern California. There's Mm -hmm. a a repetition here where I keep Uh going back
0: to where I keep be And Um, going back to that quote comfort area, um, which you felt safe because you knew all these people, right? Doesn't matter that they were toxic for you. It's just because it was, it was comfortable.
1: I had someone to talk to, I had, you know, and a lot of them were, it was cool, because they were, when, when I came back that last time, they were super proud of me, you know, like people that didn't want to hang out with me two years ago, wanted to hang out with me again, because they knew I wasn't fucking off, and those are my, those are my really good friends, the ones that, like, right, you know, put a, put a barrier in between us for, say, because they knew, they knew that I was on drugs, and they, they didn't want to be around that, they didn't want to watch me go down that route, right, um, for anybody that that has been an addict or knows an addict, it is really tough to see someone you care about literally 100%. flushing their, their life down the drain. Mm-hmm. And as sad as that is, you know, I've just recently, I've, I've you know, with family members and alcohol and, I, I, and I, I drink my beer, you know, I try to keep it, I try to keep a level head. And, you know, there's some nights where I get a little, I, I have a little too much fun and I get myself in some trouble. Um, by being an asshole or you know just getting too drunk or or what, whatever but um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that, uh, family members that I'm watching destroy their lives like with, with alcohol and I'm talking like hard alcohol first thing right. in the morning first thing in the morning right. mm-hmm. vodka and it's terrible it's terrible and it's um, it's good though for me to see that because I was that guy I was mm-hmm. that guy for the longest of times and like my, my family and now I kind of know how they felt watching me just You know, drive my life into the ground.
0: I always think it would be such an interesting thing if there was like a videotape, you know, of your life where you could see yourself the way that your family and friends see you when you're messed up. Because so many people will be like, I don't have a problem. There's no, you're the problem. I'm not the problem. It's not me you're just a dick. You're an asshole. Like, wh- why are you trying to squash my fun? You know, I'm just partying. I'm just having fun. Just a and, little bit. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was married to an addict, not just of drugs, but also alcohol and the whole walking on eggshells thing. Um, that was like every single day of my life. And never knew what personality was going to come out. He could get out of bed. And he could be mad because the sky was blue. And tear apart furniture. Break things. Erupt into a rage. And then the next minute he's like. What's the matter? Why are you scared of me? And I'm mm-hmm. like. I, um, I wonder. I don't know. Look at our entertainment center. That is shattered on, on, on the floor in pieces. You know, whatever. And it's like that, like having to deal with that every day and the emotions and the stealing of money, because that happened even though we were married, he was stealing from me. He was stealing from family members, you know, the whole nine yards. And we had a baby, you know, and, and I was like, I cannot let her grow up like this because, He wasn't going to stop. And we've been divorced for Jesus, 20 some years now. And he is still the same way.
3: I was just going
0: to ask. Married to someone that does the exact same thing. They're two peas in a pod and they go to jail all the time. They beat the crap out of each other.
1: They're enabling each other.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that's like when you were talking about your friends and how they put like distance between you, that is so hard to do because that right there is tough love, you know, and, and when somebody is an addict and they call you and they're like, I really need the money. I'm, I'm homeless or I'm this or that, whatever excuse they come up with at the time. You know, and it's generally, sorry to say, but most of the time it's a lie because it's just something to get money to get a fix, you know, and having to tell them no and turn them away is one of the hardest things that that a family member or friend or loved one can do.
1: It's uh, intervention. If you've seen, I'm sure you've seen. Yeah, I love
0: that show. Yeah.
1: It took me a long time after getting my shit together to be able to watch that because it is Mm -hmm. raw. But that's exactly like what you were saying is like, Mm -hmm. if I think it would help, I think it helps most people. I know not every story is a success story there.
0: Right. But the
1: fact that, you know, I don't know if they play back some of the stuff like right away to these addicts, but you see some of the stuff and it's just terrible. And Mm -hmm. the whole family, like, you're in the bathroom thinking you're being sneaky right you know and everyone's just sitting they know everybody knows exactly what mm-hmm. you're doing
0: well and that's the funny thing because <coughs> we've had so many people that we know um throughout our lifetime that are definitely addicts whether it be you know opioids or um you know Xanax or or whatever whatever the case may be whatever they're abusing and they always say, I'm not on anything. And I'm like, yes, you are. Because I can tell by your behavior, by your pupils. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a
1: <dead> giveaway, right?
0: <laughs> like it is like a neon sign. That's like flashing, but it astounds me how many people that are around that can't see it and don't know that people are using.
1: Yep. We had, um, like I said, we had a family member and, it 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 caused issues between the the two like immediate households because we're like mm-hmm. dude we are watching this we see this like what are you doing you gotta mm-hmm. stop don't give him the fucking keys to the car no more he does mm-hmm. not need to be driving right you know or she doesn't need to be doing this like you gotta stop right you gotta stop because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be burying you're gonna be burying someone you love very 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 shortly if right. so you keep this shit up they're yep. almost better off on the streets
0: for mm-hmm. a little
1: while because maybe just maybe they won't have money and they'll Mm -hmm. sober up under a cold bridge or something and they're gonna be like shit dude i'm messing up
2: right
3: Um, i
1: actually went to rehab when i was i forgot to mention this when i was um i think it was 16 or 15 i remember i just I, i and this was just when i was taking pain pills and i remember one day i just went to my mom and i was like mom i have a problem And my mom was always open, like, listen, if you're ever at a party Mm -hmm. and, you know, everyone's drinking and you're, you know, the sober driver doesn't stay sober, you call me, you don't get in the car. Right. And yes, I might get a little pissed off, but I will come pick you up. Like, do not get in the car. So me and my mom have always had like that open relationship. So when I told her I had a problem, um, I went to a, a facility down here in Southern California. I was only in there for like, I don't know, like six or seven days due to insurance but I remember, I remember seeing a couple of kids in there. Uh, one of them was not—he was an addict, but not by choice. Right. The doctor had prescribed this kid so much Xanax
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he didn't have it, he was just he the effects.
0: Like, the effects coming off of that are yeah. one of the worst things to overcome that you can possibly imagine. Yeah, any anything from benzos? Any withdrawal from benzos it, is excruciating. It's worse than than withdrawing from alcohol or opioids or or anything.
1: It no. was terrible. And this
0: kid didn't.
1: I, I I just knew this kid did not. He was not a drug addict, right? And these doctors just pumped him full. like oh right. my goodness,
0: right? Some of the That's people I
1: into were just. There was one little girl, I'll never forget her, man. One little girl. And I don't, so it when I was in this rehab, it was like a a behavioral.
0: Behavioral Because I was under
1: 18, but it was also, they had drug addiction counselors there too. So not everyone I was in there with was an addict or even Mm -hmm. messed with drugs. They were just either bad kids or whatever. But there was this little girl, um, pale white, really short, rosy red cheeks and she would not stop saying i'm sorry she that's i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry Mm -hmm. and i'm like holy shit dude i gotta get out of here because i'm literally in like a loony bin and i'm just like what happened to this poor girl like Mm -hmm. something happened to her and it's not good and i I don't think drugs were and then i see the dad this i I was kind of judging at the time but i see the dad come in when it was like family day to visit um and I don't know, man. I got a really weird vibe off this guy. Mm-hmm. Really weird. He was kind of really hicky. Um I don't know. Something just didn't seem right. And this poor girl, man. Um, and and yeah, at that time I was like, oh, I am never going back here. I like, oh, I am you know I'm gonna be straight line and and then obviously, you know,
0: did it did that short stunt do you any good? Did you Learned yeah.
1: Your lesson. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i learned my i learned i learned a temporary or i learned the lesson that i learned kept me like clean for i want to say like three or four months mm-hmm. and then it's kind of right back to it again right and, and i and i forgot to mention too also in the midst of my uh my charades after when I was in the military, right? I had my open heart surgery. I was taking my pain meds. My mom and stepdad were going through this divorce. Well, one day I decided while I was at home that I'm not going to work no more. Work mm-hmm. meaning the military. Mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> also okay. No, a wall.
0: A wall. Mm-hmm.
1: So I went a wall for about three to four months, and. I had, uh, I don't even know what the hell you call those guys. Uh, Federal marshals showed up at my dad's house in Northern California because that's where I joined the military. So that was my home of record. They Mm -hmm. showed up, they were looking for me. And after a few months, finally decided, like, we're going to, my parents came together and got me a lawyer. And on this day, whatever day it was, I'm going to go turn myself in,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it got postponed a couple times because I was like panicking, like "Oh no, oh no!" Like, right. I, be I, be well, that course. was I'd a bad face. idea. <laughs> so this is this is how bad my my addiction got, and and my mental health is such in a bad state. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't realize what I was doing at this point. Right. So this was the final day. We are going. You're going to turn yourself in. This is happening. So I go grab a nail, two nails, I think a couple nails. And I put them underneath my mom's tires, leaned them up. So when she backed out of the driveway, we're going to get a flat tire and we're not going nowhere today. Mm -hmm. Mind you, my mom's broke at this time. Right. Stealing all of her shit, jewelry, money, you name it. And so we back up, we hit the freeway. And not even five miles down the road, Flat power. I was like, son of a bitch, what the fuck? Like, I don't think she had a clue what I had done. And I didn't have a clue what I did because I could have killed us.
0: Right. And you, that would never have entered your mind at the time though, because you didn't have any clarity in the situation. You were just thinking about, again, your personal safety. Yep. And how was, you didn't want to go, you know, turn yourself in and, and here she's like making you because you kept yep. wussing out. I wasn't exactly. <laughs> I was, I was
1: wussing out. and I was, I was, scared. I didn't know what that, I mean, you, all all it took me to do was like 10 minutes of research on what AWOL is and right. the severity of that and the punishment right. for that. And I'm like, Oh hell no.
0: Right. I'm not going
1: down that easy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so, well, yeah, you, it, would,
0: you would definitely have uh, been clean for quite a while. I would. I would. And
1: that, <laughs> that, happens, that happens very shortly after that. Um, kind of crazy. And I know I've, I've kind of bounced a little bit, but I forgot. Like, I forgot how crazy, in my opinion, my 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 kind of story was um, or is um, my, my little brother got a job. I couldn't get a job because I was AWOL from the military. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even go. I tried not to go out of my house at all and me and my buddy and my brother we end up driving to go score and we get pulled over
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was it was me and my two buddies my brother was at home and we get pulled over and i'm like I get my phone out and i text my mom and i was like i'm going to jail i text my dad i'm going to jail i'll keep you updated as soon as i as soon as i know you know as soon as i get my cell phone back right and the cop gets up to the, the the driver's window i'm not driving my buddy's driving um and he gives the cop an id well it wasn't his id he gave him his brother's id and That's this is crazy. a simple like not uh no signal light or no no using a turn signal or running a stop sign um and so yeah, the cop comes out my buddy's being a dick my buddy at the time rest in peace um he succumbed to you know drugs and mental health and whatnot but um yeah, his family had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So he wasn't worried about he was that guy. Right. And so the cops, I had a scale on me. So I tucked my scale in the seats. And because my buddy's like challenging this cop, the cops, like, well, you guys want to play ball? Let's fucking play ball. Everyone's like,
0: the car. would you please be quiet? You're <laughs> making things worse. <laughs> Stop Not even jail, talking. <laughs> I'm going to prison, man. I'm
1: going to fucking federal prison <laughs> is where I'm going. If you just don't shut the fuck up. And the cops come up and the cops like, what's your name? I'm like, shit. And I said, my name is Tyler. My brother's name. My my brother, blonde hair, blue eyes, mind you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. When's your birthday? I'm like, shit. I know it's on the 15th of September, but I don't know the year. So I just splurted it out a year. Goes to his car, comes back. He's like, all right, well, we're taking your buddy. You guys need to. Take a hike or call for a ride. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I just, escaped- <laughs> yeah, I just, escaped- <laughs> so what
2: do I you do? You have go-
0: a napkin so I can wipe the poop out of my pants now. <laughs> oh, dude,
1: exactly. And we headed straight, straight to the dealer's house. I got my shit, went back home.
0: And it scared you so badly you still went and got your I went
1: back. I went back and I went and scored. I got my I had my scale on me. I'm just shitting break. I cannot believe this is even and I also tricked my mom. My mom came and picked me up and my buddy up, and I tricked her to take me to my friend's house real quick. Went in, scored, came back out. Well, it was very shortly after that where my luck ran out.
2: Mm.
1: So I didn't have a job. My brother um I ended up giving Excuse me, I ended up getting him into this as well. He never shot up, but I did get him into it. We were smoking and, and all that stuff together. And um, we needed to score one day and my brother was at work and my brother was well aware of what I was doing, I told him. Um, and I saw so I, I was going to pick up some drugs, so I used a check. I used one of his checks. So I wrote the check out. He knew exactly how much it was for, blah, 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 blah. Put the check in the mailbox. he came through, dropped the stuff off, went to go cash the check. The check you, didn't wait, go through.
0: You wrote a check to I your drug.
1: <laughs> and he took it. I know. I don't even know if that's been... I'm sure I was going to say,
0: in what world does drug dealers take checks?
1: <laughs> I use
0: Foursquare. Like, Do you have a credit card? <laughs> yeah, how about Cash App?
1: Venmo? Zelle? <laughs> so. I, um, yeah, they, he's like, dude, the fucking check's not going through. So I'm like, just give it a couple days. It'll go through, I promise. Well, he tried so many times. Now, this is a story that I got. I don't know if this is the full truth. Now, I'm going to ask my mom tomorrow about this because we're cool. And I'm just, I just need to know. But supposedly the bank had called my brother because it was in his name multiple times. And my brother wasn't answering the phone. So supposedly they sent the cops to my house over a check that bounced, which still, now that I'm saying this out loud, doesn't make any sense. So I'm in my bedroom. I had um, a little foil with a little heroin on it. I had a little pookie pipe, a little bit of meth in there. And I'm laying down on my bed and I, on my, on my door, a little knock on the door. And then they open the door and I'm like, kind of waking up. and I'm like, what the hell And it's the cops? And I'm like, they're like, hey man, what's your name? And of course, I come up with another lie. And I'm like, uh, my name is Cody. They're like, oh, yeah, Cody, where do you live? I was like, I live two houses up. And he goes, what's your address? And that's when I was like, my name is Kyle Richardson. <laughs> you, got been-
0: really oh, you got me. I'm not really Cody. He got me. I was
1: like, you <laughs> got me. And so, yeah. And then they got me. And so they they brought me into the living room. I'm handcuffed my dog my little chihuahua was just like what's going
2: on dad like
1: scratching at me and i'm like man i'm a piece of shit i remember begging the cops can i please just smoke a cigarette before you take me in please 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 so we get in the car obviously they take me to the local jail they're asking me it was weird they're asking about um other people that i knew that were selling drugs
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and um I, I was. I felt like an outlaw. I felt like a not like. I felt like a dumbass. But I also felt like I've I've been invading these guys for the federal marshals for a couple months now. So I, you know, I was like, I'm not fucking telling you shit. And even to this day, dude, I'm not a snitch. No, I. That's it. Just, I just I, I'm not doing it. So don't, right. don't don't fucking ask So I was Snitchers being snitches get stitches. Yep. And seriously, and I'm heading to jail. Like, you really think that I'm gonna tell you some shit right now, and then you're gonna go walk me into this jail that I'm gonna be safe? You're out of your goddamn mind, dude. Right. Anyhow, long story short, I get into jail. I'm in jail. This is my 21st birthday. On my 21st birthday, I'm in jail. So my 19th. Happy birthday, birthday. huh? Yep. 19th birthday in uh in our open art surgery. 20th or I don't know where I was at my 20th, but 21st, I was in jail. And so anyhow, they, they let me out. I went to court. My, my brother obviously did not file charges on me. So I'm getting out of jail. I walk out of jail and then the good old United States Navy's there to pick me up. So they picked mm-hmm. me up. I then spent four or five months in the brig, um, down there in, uh, Myanmar. That sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when I that's when I came back, moved back up to Northern California, um, where I then got clean again. Moved back down to Southern California's, which is where I left off. Moved back down, uh, met my beautiful fiance that we you know we've been together almost twelve years now, and then we started fucking up again. Started fucking up again, and yeah, after that pretty much um, that lasted for about three or four months. Uh, I've been clean for a really like I think like a year or so or something like that being clean for about a year. And then after three months of going down this road again, I'm like, I can't do it no more. I I already know where this is going. Mm -hmm. So I sold my pickup truck uh, for $700 and bought me and my fiance. We'd only been together for three months, mind you, three months. I think I was 23 and I think she was 18 or 19. And we bought two one-way tickets to Freeport, Maine. And since then, I think it's September sixth, eleven years ago. That was the last time I, I used any any heroin. Oh,
0: so yeah. what what was it that made you um like s- realize these multiple times that you had a problem and that you needed to quit? Um, was it just doing dumb shit? yeah it just
1: it just never stopped i mean the 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 last little bit the last three months that i was using i had money
0: mm-hmm.
1: um oh we got we got oh that's what happened me and my fiance were at at my my mom's house staying that night there and we're in the room watching a movie and someone's knocking on the door and i look out i'm like dude your fucking parents are here she's no i'm like no they're fucking here right now and they ended up finding they went and raided her room while we were gone and they found spoons and needles
2: mm-hmm
1: and so yeah that's when that got bad and they pretty much were like you guys either go get help um or you can't stay at either of our houses right um, i'm like i'm not going to i'm not going to fucking rehab i'm not doing it and she's like i'm not doing it either and i'm a, and for anyone listening i'm not saying i'm lucky we are very lucky we did not go to any rehab
2: mm-hmm.
1: we were full-blown heroin addicts
0: mm-hmm.
1: we got lucky I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, divine. I don't, I don't know. What I was, was.
0: going to say the grace of God, because yeah. he saved you in that car yep. accident Yep. and he, all this time and all these crazy things that kept happening to you. He was literally like slapping you across the face yep. going, are you going to listen?
1: And that's mm-hmm. what I think it was. You know, again, we got really lucky because we just, we, you know, she, this was her first time using, she's only using for like three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like my tenth time using. I've been in and out of jail. I've been the brig. You know, I've gotten the car. All this bad stuff, all related to my drug abuse, right? Um, and my my addiction. And so, yeah, we ended up moving moving out there. And I think it, again, I think it just was like I was done. I just knew that I wanted something better for myself. And also, where I moved, I moved with my younger brother. And I knew I don't know what it was, but him and his wife now. I knew, and he knew I was on drugs before I came up there. And the fact that they allowed me and my fiance, who I'd only been with for three months to go Mm -hmm. live in their house, knowing that I was an addict, Mm -hmm. knowing there's a good chance I'm going to steal from you. Knowing all that, I was like, dude, there's no way that I'm not going to do this to my little brother. I'm not, this is the one person I'm not going to do this to Mm -hmm. And, um, Yeah, we went up there and and it almost didn't end up working out for me, my fiance, because she was withdrawing. I I was withdrawing, but I've done this like a million times. Right. I knew what to expect. And it got to the point where she's like, I can't do this no more. I think I I need to go back home. And I'm like, That's on you, dude. I'm not leaving. I know this is my only opportunity to get clean. If you want to go, I'm not gonna stop you. I you know, I want you to stay and I'm gonna tell you it's gonna get easier, it's gonna get better one day at a time. Anyhow, long story short, yeah, she ended up um, staying, um, and we ended up getting our own place. We moved out of there, got our own little apartment, and then uh, found out we were expecting a child, um, my oldest, Amber Lynn. So we ended up moving to Northern California after that, and we've been, yeah, we've been clean ever since, but... I think it was like again. I I do think it was God. I think God had like a lot to do with all of this.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: But the fact that we got clean and then we were blessed with a child
0: Mm -hmm.
1: was almost like it was like a gift, right? Right? Gifts, you know.
0: Absolutely, yes. But I
1: feel like it was a double gift. I feel like it was a gift. Like you guys are got your shit together finally. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not only going to give you, you know, it's a gift for getting your shit together, but also the gift of life and the gift of now. Mm -hmm. There's no turning back now. There's no turning back because now it's not about me no more. Right. It's not about Ashley no more. This is about a kid now. Right. And it was a challenge. um, It was a challenge in the sense that I knew that probably a lot of my family members probably doubted me. Rightfully so. Right, They were probably scared. Like, oh, my God. Well, get
0: it, you probably, you know, like, like other people that I know, destroyed not just trust, but a lot of relationships along the way. Yep. And it takes you a really long time to rebuild that to the point where somebody can trust you again.
1: Do you know how the most embarrassing thing being an addict was is going into a, a house or or a family member's place. And my mom used to take her purse with her to her bedroom and lock the door when she went to bed.
2: Right. Yeah. How
1: embarrassing is that? Mm-hmm. You know, like that no one trusts you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now, you know, I'll be at my mom's house. And again, I'm a, this is 11 years later. And, you know, I work over there for her, and she'll give me money. I'm like, mom, mom, whoa, 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 whoa. As much as I need the money, mom, you gave me too much. Mm-hmm. You gave me a little too much. No, 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 keep it. No, mom. Save that for when I really need it then. But I only did this amount of work. You're not going to, I'm not taking it from you. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool, the relationship and how that's worked, how that's grown since then Um, and the trust issues, you know, there's cash laying out that, you know, mom's got her purse out. And again, we're 11 years down the road and it took a lot of work, a lot of trust, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of respect on my end to prove that I'm not, I'm not that guy no more.
0: So I'm would not. you say that your relationship now is stronger than it was Absolutely. way back?
1: Absolutely. Like before
0: you turned into a stinker.
1: Yep. <laughs> but you want to, and you, I, I, there's another little part and I'm sorry, I'm so bad at this. I haven't told this, not, this story in a while, but. After I got out of the brig. I was at that temporary placement unit right i told you i wrecked my car Mm -hmm. well after i wrecked my car i was still at this temporary placement unit and i'm already being kicked out of the military i've already served my punishment so i technically didn't even have to show up anymore but i was like i'm really not trying to have any more issues (laughs) right and i don't want to
0: compound the interest (laughs) yes
1: so unless you're on a flight deck in the military right you always have your cover on your hat is always on outside Mm -hmm. always on when you're inside no but when you're outside always on and we're we're sitting there in formation and they're doing roll call and uh, there's this dude in front of me and he's not wearing a hat and one of the the sergeants or petty officers walk up like where's your cover and he's like "Fuck you i don't have to put i'm i do whatever i want and he's from new york he's got a really thick new york accent i'm like this dude is fucking hilarious uh, he's hilarious so we ended up chatting and it's the fourth of july it's about to be the fourth of july week and i'm like listen dude why don't you come back to my place we'll hang out get some beers party you can sleep on the couch I have a pool in the backyard. You know, my mom has a pool in the backyard. And so we don't like, you don't want to be down here in the barracks on 4th of July. Come on, have some fun. Okay. So I bring him home for the weekend. And he never left. So he ended up marrying my mom. (laughs) Okay.
0: That's fabulous. He ended up
1: marrying my mom. Okay. And there's a little bit of an age gap there. He's older than I am and yeah I, and i hated this dude at this point i'm like fuck you man um at the time so i was still kind of dabbling with drugs i was just getting out of the military i was still dabbling he was a flaming alcoholic like he was wake up whiskey go to bed whiskey mm-hmm. if he didn't have his alcohol he would fucking dry heave and gag um and so then I started doing drugs again and then had my mom were together and then I ended up getting and I ended up getting kicked out. That was when Ashley's parents came by with the, the stuff and I fucking hated him. I remember 1 time we were at um, my, my fiance's house and. I called my mom and I was, I, I don't know what I was in a shitty mood, but I kept calling. I'm like, tell your fucking boyfriend. Cause they were, they weren't married. They weren't engaged. He was just like, I felt like he was mooching off my mom. I'm like, tell your fucking boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. She goes, Kyle, you should have never said that. He just heard you and he's coming. He's going to go to, go to Ashley's house right now. I'm like, bring it on motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing in the front yard with a baseball bat and I'm ready. I wasn't going to hit him, but he got a brand new truck and I was going to smash his truck in. This is how like mentally.
0: Right. Cause like, you I'm were again, thinking super clearly.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Super clear. Really but, good judgment. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, dude, you're with my mom and you're a flaming alcoholic. And I got kicked out of my fucking house and you get to stay there and mooch off my mom. Mm-hmm. We both have issues, but I'm the one getting kicked out. Like, fuck mm-hmm. you guys. I remember tell my mom, you'll never see your grandkids. I told him I fucking hate his guts. Um, and anyhow, fast forward. Couple years later, he's going to uh, meetings. He still Mm -hmm. goes to them to to this day. Um, I was a part of one of his steps. He called me, he's like, Listen, dude, I'm sorry.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I think he even said, like, if you don't want me to be with your mom, I won't. You're my friend first. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, dude? If as long as you treat her right, I don't give a shit.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. This dude is one of my best friends to this day. Um, he is. Uh, There's not one person in the entire planet realm or whatever you want to call it, that I would rather be with my mom. No one on the planet. Mm -hmm. And to this day, he supports her rescue. He busts his ass. One of the hardest workers I know.
0: Hold on. We have to clarify. So, So his mom has an animal rescue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to clarify that because he supports your mom's rescue could have meant a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> yes, many, many other things.
1: Yes, so she has a pet rescue Um, that actually real quick got started. I'm like all over the place, Janet. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay because you know what? That is part of giving your testimony is that when you need to remember it, something else is always going to surface that you forgot about in the past.
1: It's I, yeah, it's really mm-hmm. weird how that works. Um, I, someone actually wrote a paper. Um, I, oh, I'm very open with my drug, my, um, my addiction. And mm-hmm. I say addiction because I'm addicted to heroin. I will always forever be addicted to heroin. And opiates. I will never, ever go away. I'm, I'm clean. You know, I haven't touched him in 11 years, but I'm still addicted. That never goes away, you know. And it's something I tell myself because there's never just one time. That's it, dude. I do it one more time. I'm toast. I already know it. I know it. And there's no going back for me. But anyhow, um, someone did. I I opened up to someone and they ended up writing like, I don't know how big the paper was, but a college paper on me. Mm And I remember this. And then when when you and when you were like, yeah, you should come on the show, and we kind of discussed a little bit what 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 you were going to be, you know, asking me about. I'm like, man, dude, like I'm pretty sure I have a pretty crazy story. And then I sat down. And I'm like, I don't even remember half the shit that I went through until you're asking me these questions. They're all coming back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're all coming back, like you said. But my mom's rescue ended up starting because my cousin um, was in a parking lot. Uh we have our, our local grocery stores are called Stater Brothers or one of them. Mm-hmm. He was in a parking lot and he noticed a a guy went up and tried had a knife to this gal pushing her baby in the basket, going back to her car to unload her groceries. And my cousin jumped in to help this woman because he was trying to steal uh, the female's purse and he got stabbed in the heart. My cousin got stabbed in the heart and died. Oh, really? Um and so that's where my mom's pet rescue started
2: mm-hmm.
1: guardian angel he's her guardian angel pet rescue but anyhow, right. so paul paulie my mom's husband supports him or supports her um he works his ass off and the reason why i say this is because man god and life works in mysterious mysterious ways and Absolutely. The most wild thing that i have it's the most beautiful experience mm-hmm. I mean, ups and downs, it's just wild. Like, I never would have thought that I would have brought this guy home. It would have been so terrible. And I was so miserable, and I hated him, and I hated my mom. And then to fast forward 11 years, and they are happy and married and wouldn't trade him for the world.
0: Which is so funny that that you were so, like, hateful of him at the time because of his drinking, but you couldn't see your own behavior being a problem. Yep.
1: Nope. Wasn't, wasn't a problem. I, I, I I was just, you know, I was just having fun. That's all Mm -hmm. I was doing. It wasn't a problem at all until, until it was. And then obviously it it was a problem and Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was all, you know, pointing the finger. It's just so easy to point the finger and, and it takes right. all the all the eyes off of you and the spotlight off of you and it's on everybody else. Because when you're, when you're an addict like that, a lot of the times you want to fly under the radar. You want to well, be inconspicuous. You and know.
0: you know what it is too, is uh, people with addictive behaviors like that. It's very selfish behavior because it is all about you. It. It's almost narcissistic in the aspect that everyone else is a problem, but you're not. And you couldn't possibly be doing anything that could be perceived as, you know, imperfect or or not right because, you know, well, you're a jerk. So like, it's your fault, not mine, you know, and it's always that shoveling off on somebody else. What you're actually doing yourself, what your true feelings of guilt should be, you're putting that on other people.
1: It's a shame. And to be to be really honest with you, as much as I don't like admitting this, like I still struggle with um, with that. Exactly. Where
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we'll, we'll get in an argument for a while, at least when when I first started podcasting, for instance, I was just like, this is so cool. I'm meeting all these people that I've mm-hmm. been listening to. And like, it's like surreal. And it got out of control where it was like every single night, you know, my buddy Bo from Slave, I would talk to him every single night. We would play games together. Mm-hmm. If we weren't podcasting, we were talking and like a totally and, and totally just kind of pushed my family aside. Right. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. I was just super happy. My fiance was happy for me. But Mm -hmm. then it turned into like, okay, man, like pump the brakes a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know. We're all, you know, we're still here, you know, don't forget about us. And it's been a challenge, it has been a challenge. I have to, because at first I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, you love podcasting too, and you like all these people, what's the problem with me talking to them? But it it was the time issue. And I had a, you know, even some to this day, I still kind of struggle with some of these things where I'm like, okay, I Mm -hmm. need to. Really put my priorities straight and set certain days where I'm going to, where I'm going to record. And sometimes there's a a spontaneous last minute and, but yeah, the narcissism thing is something that I've had a hard time dealing Mm -hmm. with because I, you know, I've been called that before Mm -hmm. and I'm like, that's not, that's not me. (laughs)
0: a <laughs> I mean, narcissist heard. is the first person that will tell you yeah. that that's not yeah. them
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm not calling
0: in, you one no, I'm, but I'm, I'm
1: a work in progress when it comes to that you know um and and it's still something just because i'm i've been clean for you know 10 11 years 11 mm-hmm. years doesn't mean that i'm like perfect in any way oh, or, no. or shape or form and i'm still learning and there's still right struggles and still you know uh, leaps and bounds and bumps and, and roadblocks that I'm dealing with, but they're just not, you know, it, it's luckily they're, they're I'm not going to say they're smaller things, but luckily the drug addiction, the heroin, and that is, and the stealing, all that is out of the way. And now I'm mm-hmm. moving forward.
0: Right. And you know, um, the personal growth that it takes to number one, realize you have a problem and to be able to stop and to take responsibility for the relationships that you m- messed up right and to also put yourself in the role as provider for your family um and dad you know fiance uh soon to be husband you know all of those things it takes courage to do that and it takes you know it, it is an edification process in which God is working through you, right? And you're not supposed to be perfect all at once because nobody is, you know, and it takes a while to work through those things. But you're slowly realizing that that narcissistic behavior that you had before, where it was very self-gratifying and, you know, centered around you and your your fun and your, you know, time or whatever, he is slowly moving you away from that into look at the role that I have for you. You're, you're a dad, you're going to be a husband, you know, these are the things that you're putting your focus on now. And so don't beat yourself up about it because you're not supposed to be perfect. We're all a work in progress
1: that is literally the hardest thing and my grandma tells me this my my mom tells me this my dad tells me this as i do i beat myself up because i was a very very shitty person um i i i I need to do this but i need to go down to the va like i i can probably get this i will get disability um and having that extra money and having possibly you know college fund i can you know, hand over to my kids, Right, but I still feel so guilty that I went AWOL. Dude, it sounds so bad. Like Mentioning that you've been in the military and then mentioning you went AWOL in the same sentence, that's why, like, when I was in it or, you know, people, oh, thank you for your service. Like, don't, please don't thank me for my service. Like, Mm -hmm. I went in, I wasn't a complete shitbag, you know, I, I put some time in, but I still, like, I don't know. I, I'm I, again when it comes to cooking as well. I'm like my hardest critic, but I've started to learn to like forgive myself. Because right.
2: mm-hmm. I have exactly. no problem
1: forgiving other people. That's that mm-hmm. comes depending on the person and the severity of our issues. Um, I'm pretty forgiving. Right. Um, some may hear that and laugh and be like, "No, you're not." <laughs> but, um, in my opinion, I am. <laughs> but. <laughs> You haven't talked to me in months. No, um, but no, I think I think that's very important, too, is to forgive yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and let that weight come off your shoulder. And I think um, reading the Bible has helped me out with that, to be right. honest with you.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and um, rebuking these feelings, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, these feelings of disgust and how right. dare you, How you know, yeah, why'd you do that? Uh, so I, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, Another little fun fact, though, so I told you my mom and, and, you know, the guy that I brought home, I didn't, I hooked them up, but I didn't intentionally hook them up, right?
0: (laughs) Or you might have, and you didn't remember. (laughs) That might have also
1: been the possibility. I was doing all sorts at that time. Yeah, I was, uh, oh, man, dude.
0: I brought home a party favor for you, Mom.
1: Yep, yep. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. And he just never left. So, uh, you know, shit. But uh, so a couple years ago, uh, my stepmom passed away. My dad's wife passed away from ovarian cancer. And that was kind of tough. Our relationship um, didn't end very well Mm -hmm. um, at all, which really sucks because she was like a second mom to me. She was the one every time I was fucking up down here in Southern California. She was the one up there that would be like. I went up at that last time, the last time that I was down here and I, I started getting clean. I went back up to Northern California She and I had like nothing but the, the shirt on my back and and what have you. Um, she picked me up from the airport and she took me to a cemetery. As the first place we went was to a cemetery. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the hell are we doing? Tough,
0: now? tough love. That's yep. what that was. And yep. it was,
1: it was tough and it was weird. It was awkward because she wasn't yelling. She didn't yell at me, but we just
0: strolled through the she's like we're just gonna go for a walk
1: and it took me a while to realize like why we went to the cemetery
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so anyhow rest in peace cc but after she passed away my dad was an absolute wreck absolute wreck never seen him cry a day in his life and mm-hmm. i seen it um it was bad He it, it was bad because it again it is very nasty um, there was no cheating, nothing like that involved, but it just did not end well at all. Uh, I kind of blame myself a little bit for that. I did, I I I don't now. But fast forward a couple of years, my we brought my youngest daughter over to my buddy's house, his his uh, uh wife was watching our kids. They had like a little homeschool Montessori type thing going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I went back to go pick up my daughter and I noticed there was this there was this gal sitting on the couch. And i kind of look and i didn't see a ring i'm like oh she's you know pretty you know good you know good looking she's a little older pretty good looking and later on that night i'm back at my house and i'm telling my dad i'm like hey so over at so-and-so's house i saw this gal that looked about your age and she didn't have a she didn't seem to be married and he's like really and i'm like yeah and he goes do you think i should write her I'm like, I don't know, dude. That's on you. Like, do you want a writer? That was it. They've been together now like six or seven years.
0: <laughs> well, look at you. I, you are Cupid, and you didn't even know it. Dude,
1: it's just so wild.
0: So You're the, wild. You are the matchmaker. And think about how, how totally ironic that is, that you, you know, going through the course of the – the addictions with different substances, how many relationships you destroyed and look at relationships that you also put together. Isn't it funny the way that God works in our lives and we're like, it's like, couldn't be stranger to me sometimes, but I don't think we're supposed to know exactly what the plan is.
1: (laughs) You're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. And I'm just, but even now I'm sitting here and I know this. And I've known all this stuff for a while and I'm still just like, this is crazy. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy, but it's a, it's a beautiful crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and you know beautiful. what that is,
0: too, is that you're finally starting to follow the path that he has set for you. And so you're going to see all these things along the way where he's like, he was trying to show you stuff all along. You just didn't want to listen or didn't want to see it
1: all the puzzle pieces kind of came together and I always knew when I was younger like I loved my stepmom but I just knew her and my dad they weren't they weren't soulmates Mm -hmm. and I knew my stepdad as much as I hated the dude I was thankful um, that I had the childhood that I did minus the psychological bullshit right but I'm appreciative for going camping and for being able to take a friend with me every time we went and go motorcycle riding and all the cool stuff that we did. I'm super thankful mm-hmm. for all that. But I just knew, like, and I kept I remember telling my mom when I was younger, I was a lot closer to my mom than I was my dad growing up because I lived with her. But I remember telling him, like, dude, he's not for you, mom. And I'm like mm-hmm. 13 years old, and she's like, mind your business, you know. Who are mm-hmm. you? You don't know
0: what about. you're talking about. Yeah.
1: And then and, and just the way that everything's kind of came about. Um thank god, man.
0: But you know what? and i kind of get the impression from you that you're you're like an empath uh, yeah on the on the level that you can read people's auras i can and so yeah. that is how you are able to pick out and select people that are supposed to be together in relationships and stuff and that's a divine gift I mean that's a gift from God it seriously is because not everybody has that ability and empaths have very different like levels of ability whereas you see that I can't see that but I feel people's emotions yeah, see
1: I I I can't see um I can't see auras yet but I can walk into a room, I, in, in my head. I'm feeling most people can can do this as well. But like, I walk into a room, and if there's like been bickering or like there's negative energy in that mm-hmm. room, even though I didn't hear a fight or an argument, I walk in and I even if there people are in separate rooms and not even acting weird, I I can I know I just know. Same. But I was yep. told by um, my stepmom Cece's, uh, that she had a friend that did um, I don't know the exact type of healing that she did and she wasn't like a sidekick but she would do she did a reading on me one time and I know this sounds kind of kind of funny I haven't heard I haven't even heard this term in a long time but she told me that I was an indigo child is what she told me Mm -hmm. and then I started looking that up and then of course that you know goes into like empath and and what have you Mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes I, I i feel like i'm able to when i have when i have a clear state of mind though and i think that's what i ruined i've had a lot of i don't know if deja vu has a lot to, to do with that but i feel like and this is what my mom told me she, you know, she's always told me like you have a gift you have a gift and you're ruining it
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the needle in your arm and with the drug right. use right.
0: and i think i did i think
1: i suppressed a lot of my I guess abilities like I, I don't want to sound I'm, I'm not anything special I'm I don't no, you are
0: special because God made you special
2: <laughs>
0: he, you. he did and that's the thing is she, she's not wrong you know that that you were destroying your gift at the time because it is it, it's in the bible it's biblical that you know we are given certain gifts in life and whatever and it's just because the substances were clouding your mental state. And, and that's a, that's a Satan thing. He wants to just distort things. Right. And so he is clouding your judgment with the use of substances to fill your life for your safe space. Right. And, and to where you feel comfortable and whatnot so that he can mute that part of your mind
1: i feel like i kind of almost in a way um i feel like some of it because i was so i was so, i'm still an emotional guy i'm super emotional like that when i got the call that my cat didn't make it yesterday i'm in the grocery store or about to be going in the grocery store and, and then i'm talking to my fiance and i'm just like not now Kyle. like hold your shit together so i'm not going to lose it in the middle of this grocery store um but wh- what i was getting at is i think that i, I almost because I was such an emotional kid, I think that I did use drugs in a way to
0: to quiet that, to quiet
1: it. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm not not necessarily the voices. I'm not talking to spirit, like nothing like that. But just to quiet my mind. Right. And I think that's where I found peace in it. I think that was one of the hardest things is getting off of off of drugs mm-hmm. is to actually have to deal. Actually have to deal. You're having to deal with your emotions. You are have to deal with life. You're having to you know, talk about things
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it gets easier and easier and easier as every day goes by as far right. as that goes. But yeah, maybe maybe I was almost like subliminally, you know, suppressing my own my mm-hmm. own feelings and my own self. Yeah,
0: because people that are empathic, it's hard to explain to people, but it's like your mind is constantly like you know, in a, it's almost almost like uh, somebody's shaking your mind, right? Because there's always something going on in it and a million miles an hour about all kinds of things. And you've got people's emotions coming in and, you know, positive and negative energy all the time. And that makes us very vulnerable and very emotional. And I will tell you right now that being emotional and and crying is not a bad thing, because that is your body's normal means of homeostasis or regulation. And so, crying gets out those emotions that we are subjected to every day. Because especially anything that's um, negative or um, feelings like you had, you know, from from when you were using you know, that you weren't doing things right, you were a bad person, whatever whatever the case may be. We suppress that to a cellular level and it's stored at a cellular level and crying is what gets that out. It brings that out.
1: It's almost like washing away.
0: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: That's very well put. That's very well put. And I don't even think I've ever heard that before, but it makes sense too because, mm-hmm. you know, if someone, I think that even that even might play into like people being hypochondriacs, depression,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: all these things. Like you store it all, and then yes. once you have, you, you store it all up, and eventually, like it'll literally eat you from the inside out. Like yes. you can can have health problems
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you just bottle everything in, and it's absolutely still, it's not just mentally,
0: right, and it's. It's not just things that we've experienced and repressed, um, because a lot of us have <clears throat> very repressed things, uh, issues, um, things that happened during childhood or whatever that we push deep down and don't remember it, of course, right. till we talk about them. Um, but it can also be generational stuff where, uh, you know, like my mom is a, not a happy, nice person. Uh, She's very grumpy and angry. And her dad was very much the same way and very like gruff and abusive and whatever. And generations and generations and generations pass that stuff along. And so you're, you're picking up all of this Mm -hmm. stuff like in your genetics, right? And your body's memory cells, you're picking that up because we have mRNA, which is messenger RNA. So we're remembering all of those things that's passed down and then all of our stuff on top of it. And it builds like this trauma fortress inside of ourselves, you know, and it, it starts to deplete the energy in your cells that, that comes from your mitochondria. Right. And so what do you do? You start um, overeating, you start getting very emotionally uh, depressed or, you know, all of these health issues creep in or whatever, because your body is not functioning the way that it was meant to function. And what do a lot of people turn to instead? Drugs, whether it be illegal or pharmaceutical in nature, and that is never going to cure your problem. And, and,
1: and alcohol as well. I think that's right. them.
0: Yeah. I would,
1: I would actually love to. I think this, this would be a good, uh, a good segue for a uh, 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 episode on holistic roots on things that you can do
2: mm-hmm.
1: to rid yours. I mean, rid yourself of mm-hmm. of everything. I mean, it's a lot. Everything you just said is a lot. Right. But anyhow, we'll 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 chat. We'll chat off. <laughs> I think that would be awesome because I, I could. I'm open ears, and I'm you know I'm still learning mm-hmm. um again, I told you in the beginning of this I'm a sponge. I try to be a sponge as much as I can and not be super, super set in certain ways. Um,
0: well, and this is one of my things because um, I spent my whole entire life as a nurse um and in the medical field and whatever, and God had other plans for me. And so retiring and then spending my time doing more healing type stuff um and therapy for people and you know whatever that's where he wanted me to be so that's that's i'm listening
1: i love i love what you're doing um you know you briefly kind of you know t- talked about um last week some of the stuff that you kind of get into mm-hmm on on uh, as far as like uh healing and, and herbal uh, uh herb, herbs and what have you but mm-hmm. i also like what you're doing on your show and, and giving people like myself a, a opportunity to chat because i haven't had this conversation in a very, very 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 long time and i feel um i feel very relaxed and i feel a lot better having mm-hmm. said a lot of this stuff so although i did it's important. a little
0: bit And that's, that's completely fine because that is all still part of your journey and part of your story. And like I said, when, you know, you can tell your story a hundred times in a row, but when God wants you to remember something that you've forgotten, he will make sure to tell you and it will come out whether you want it to come out or not.
1: Well, he (laughs) made that very clear. I think today on this episode, I think you might agree. (laughs) can <laughs> go from here back to here back to here. Oh wait, I forgot about this. I forgot to tell you about this.
0: Nope but- that's that's part of it. And those those are important things because you're like oh wait, I remember I did this too. Like was, <laughs> how crazy? Like I've I've talked about this for years and I always forgot about that. And here yeah. it is. So, anyways, Mister Kyle, I am beyond honored that you joined me today. Yes. That you were so candid. Uh, and in sharing your story and the things that that you have gone to. And I just want to congratulate you for having the strength and the fortitude to continue to stay sober, mm-hmm. to get sober first and then to stay sober um, and, you know, to provide for your family and, and be the man that that God wants you to be. So you are a blessing to this life. And don't you ever forget that. I love you to pieces and you. i think you are fantastic and so thank you god and all glory be to him for for saving you because it was important and you have yeah. a job to do so tell people where they can find you up um
1: uh, yeah first of all thank you thank you janet um for, for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for everyone that's taking your time out of your day to listen to me um, go on about about my my journey. <laughs> um, however, you can find me. I'm on the Sunday Night Secret Society, so we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Um, I'm working to eventually branch out, um, but we've uh, I've recently taken on a second project, which is um, kind of slowed down the, the Sunday night a, a little bit, um, that's mm-hmm. the roots. So we only got a few episodes out, um, but if you want to, um, if you want to join us there, we're also on Apple and Spotify. We're also uh, both holistic roots and Sunday Night Secret Society. You can find us on Instagram. Um, so if there's anyone that wants to reach out, anyone that has any questions. Um, uh, is struggling through something and think that I may or may not be able to or I may be able to you know help you out you're more than welcome to reach out to me via uh, via Instagram and yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty much it I, I love doing this I um I get to meet amazing souls such as yourself and um, I say this every every once in a while but this is probably one of one of my favorite shows that I've been on Um, so I appreciate you allowing me to be on your platform and I'm definitely looking forward to, to connecting with you. Um, and we'll, we'll be chatting, but, but there, I think there's going to be more to come here.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I love when God puts people in my path that he knows I'm going to connect with because. Uh, you're a beautiful soul and a beautiful person. And I'm, I am honored beyond belief to have met you. So thank you again to God for that. (laughs) So folks, thank you for listening to another episode. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Make sure you go and follow, follow Kyle, um, You know, like, share, subscribe, comment, download their their shows, because um, anytime you can help out somebody in the community, it's always a good thing. So make sure to do that. And for me and for Kyle, we'll see you next time. Have a good one.